Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your belief systems, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individuals' stories. Karen, before we get into today's show, let's start things off with show notes. Yes, Kelly and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com, or email us at info at We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show in every series is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The remaining four shows can be found at patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There is a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for the patrons in our top tier, we're giving away a free half-hour channeling session with one of us every month. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now on to today's show. Okay, let's begin. I have a female client. I can see her over technology. What do you want to name her? I'm going to go with Amelia. Okay. So Amelia asks me if I can get her son. This is the first question. And her son comes through and says that he's passed over. As soon as I heard that, Kelly, like my heart mm-hmm. broke. So I, anyway, you have a human moment, eh? Like mm-hmm. where you just, you sit and you decide, you know, what do you say? And so I just said to her, I'm really sorry that that's why you're calling today. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, even as you're introducing this as a show, I'm thinking back to all the show titles we've had, oh, now 300 plus, and how many of them are moms looking for their deceased sons. Mm-hmm. And rarely do we hear dads calling in to mm-hmm. hear from their deceased children. Yeah. That, that, that makes me sad all on its own. Yeah. That's extremely accurate. Be, because the pain is, well, pain doesn't know gender. Pain yeah. doesn't know parental roles. Yeah. So she asked for her son, and he came in immediately, super easy, and said that um, that he wanted to talk to his mom, that he was happy to be there. He told me he had passed over. She had confirmed that. Then her dad, or pardon me, her grandfather popped in, 
and he said, um, I, I, want, I want to say something <laughs> like this. And I said, oh, I said, I have a grandfather here that's crossed over as well. And she went, yes, I do have a grandfather that's passed over. And I said, she goes, what? what, what? Like, I she wasn't angry. She was very kind. She just was like, why does my grandfather want to come through? And he said, well, I passed before her son. And I can give that as a validation. So that will be one piece of information that will be accurate so that she can trust what you're doing. And I said, okay. And he said, um, but I'm, I'm saying that because I want her to know that when her son crossed over, I was one of the people on the other side that was greeting her son mm. and helping his soul move back to the other move side. Move back. Mm-hmm. Move back. So he used that term and she was just like, oh, that's, that's cool. And so he said, um, I'm here and I just wanted to come through and tell her that I love her, that I wanted her to know that her son had this transition and I was here and that he was loved. And that's important to her. She, that's important to her to hear those things. Would you like to name her son? Oh. Yeah, now I forget what Amelia named her son. Um, oh, this is from Grace. Obviously. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just go with Link. Okay. So her son is Link. And Link says to me, um, I want to I talk to my mom again. My grandpa's here. This is great, but I have a few things to say to mom. And he says, I got to start off everything by saying that mom's pregnant. Oh. And he says, and I, I, I want to say that because I want her to know that I'm the one saying it. I got to beat grandpa. Oh. <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm the one that's getting this in. And because it's going to be a wonderful validation for her, this is going to mean a lot. And I think this is an important thing that I'm trying to really convey in today's session because this woman, this Amelia, really was able to feel this. And she demonstrated that. You could see in her face, you could see in just the way that she would take a breath once in a while, or she would just kind of take her hands and she would kind of go like one of these, where it was just like you could just see that, that she was just taking something in instead of just what's the next piece of proof and mm -hmm. dismissing something. She absorbed it, which gives the session a whole other kind of, it's, it's just on a completely different level. So I mentioned to her, and she went, my, my son who's crossed over knows I'm pregnant. Karen, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like this. And I said, hmm. <laughs> and I'm just waiting because it just, it just takes those moments for things to sit in, right? Mm -hmm. Like first, you know, just for it to be like, wow, my son knows, yay. Well, I think there's a moment for people like Amelia who are just like, oh my God, everything is one. Yes. And and it blows your mind. And then you have to kind of come back into your human body to be like, okay, I have to do this human session while assimilating this understanding of connectedness, which is the the hair, you know, that's the soothing thing that we do to ourselves to go, okay. Mm-hmm. And then he said to me, okay, and I also want to mention that I know that she has a partner. And I know that some people might hear that and think, duh, I know. <laughs> she's having a baby, she's pregnant, but that's not true. I think some people are like, that's nice. Yeah. Like, we still have to validate those pieces of information because not every woman having a baby is with a partner. And I know that some people who are in that situation might sit there and go, well, that's stupid. That's not a validation. 
Smash the patriarchy. Right. <laughs> also, that went ragey. Also, like, maybe her partner passed. Maybe they had a healthy breakup. I've never heard Smash the Patriarchy, so it just really? took me back a little bit because it's funny. That was like a 70s thing. Oh, I've probably never heard of that. Probably before that. Maybe probably 60s. They oh, were, my. They were wild and crazy and good. Oh, my God. Okay. Thank you for that. I had never heard of it, and I really want to keep that expression now, and I hope I'm going to get it right. I'll get you a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. That's good. I'd let, or a coffee mug. I'd love it. Okay. Um, then Link said, um, I have someone with me. Uh, other than grandpa. And I want mom to know that I have her dad with me, my grandpa. Holy man. And I'm like, holy. had loss. Yeah. I went, seriously? And he went, yeah. He said, um, her dad has passed. And he says um, he wants to come in and talk to her about their relationship. But I want mom to know that I'm the one introducing these guys. So her son brought in her father and her grandfather. Mm. And the whole point in that was that grandpa, like just hear how they're all working together on the other side to get all these messages through to, to me as a medium, to be able to say, put it in this order, say it this way, and how intricate it is and how responsible we are to saying it the way they ask us to. I'm laughing internally because I just said smash the patriarchy and we're talking about three men really, really working hard to love Amelia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all good. It's mm-hmm. all, if it's comedic, it's all good. So her dad came in and said, um, I want her to know that I'm with her son. I want her to, we all wanted her to know we're together. We all wanted her to know that it doesn't have to be that we were all together on earth or that we all knew each other on earth. That's not the point. The point is, is that all the souls are together regardless. And this is something people struggle with. They will say in a session, well, no, that doesn't make any sense because my grandfather and my dad died before my son, so they can't know each other. Because they assume that because that's the way that it was on earth, that it can't be any different when we cross to the other side. Let's take a pause here. Mm -hmm. How infuriating would it be if you were a mother who gave birth and died in childbirth. Mm. And then someone said, well, no, it doesn't make sense that your baby would find you when they passed because they didn't know you. You birthed and died. Oh, that's a really freaking good point. Oh, man. I don't think any mother would stand for that explanation of how souls can and can't meet in the afterlife. Right. Thank you for the analogy, because mm-hmm. I think that that really is going to hit people, and I want it to, So because the, the thoughts that we've been given on earth, the beliefs that we've been taught by media, mm-hmm. and, and that means in all forms, TV, movies, books, like in radio talk shows, radio announcers, all, and all kinds of aspects of media, there are so many untruths spoken in the name of humor. Mm. in the name of drama, in the name of a good thriller or a scary movie or a horror. And we end up believing all of that stuff, even though somebody might say, oh, I just said it is a joke. People still tend to believe it. And so I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that this whole podcast series <laughs> mm-hmm. and Subs of Sanity break apart those false beliefs so that people can can leave those painful thoughts that create painful emotions. Mm-hmm. 
and how we then ruminate in those things to create endless amounts of pain Mm -hmm. because of the rumination. So her dad comes in and says, I want to stay, and we all want to stay and be with her. But more importantly, um, her son came in to talk through the session, and so did her dad, and it kind of goes back and forth. Then dad said to say to me, for me to say to Amelia, um, the reason that we did all of this and put ourselves together and it all happened this way was because Amelia has had anxiety. And she knows that part of it is personality, but part of it, or most of it, the biggest component of it here is that she's lost her son, she's lost her dad. It wasn't a lot of anxiety about losing her grandfather, but there was more about losing the other two. And so both her son and her dad were saying, we're here and we came together to do this because it was our hope that in doing it and presenting it this particular way, that it would reduce her levels of anxiety. And just as I was getting that out, she took a breath Mm -hmm. and I went, aha, gotcha. (laughs) I said, it's working. And she went, I think so. Then I got a dog. So now I'm noticing that I'm remote viewing Amelia and that I'm not just doing medium, but that I can see where she is and I can see more of the room. So on camera, she's got me to about here. Oh, that's a treat. That's all I can see is just a head on camera. And I find, I find tons of people are doing that. I mean, we've made other shows where all you see is nostrils. That's why I said this is a treat. Yes. <laughs> you can get the whole head in the frame. Yeah, because some of them cut themselves off here. Some, Oh, my God, the camera stuff. When, now that everybody's on Zoom and all these devices, they all know what I'm talking about. But I could see her from about here up and just the back. So I can't even see what kind of a room she's in. Really nothing. So I can't see anything else in the room except her, her face, and a wall. That's it. And I get this dog. So I said to her, okay, Amelia, I can see a dog. And your dad says that he stands beside the dog. And she goes, And she just kind of has this look on my face. She goes, oh, my God. And I said, what's up? And she goes, because I wanted her to confirm that that the dog is there. In the room. In the room with her. Alive. Alive. And she goes, Karen, she goes, my dog is standing right in front of me. So if I literally turn my cell phone around, you'll see my dog looking at me. And she goes, this is really freaking me out. And then her dad says to me, it's not that I want to freak her out. And he starts laughing and he's very lighthearted about teasing her about all of this. And she goes, okay, you have no idea, but there's a story behind this I'm going to tell you. When her dad was passing, she said to him, dad, when you're dead, don't freak me out. Don't come around and just be in the house like that. And she says, because when I was a child, Karen, I used to see the spirit world all the time and it freaked me out. I would tell my mom that I could see people in the house and she said to me, then just tell them to go away. Just tell them, stop it. So she says, so I did. I told them all, stop it. And they all disappeared. Mm -hmm. So I told, well, and I think that's common. Mm -hmm. And so she says, so then I told my dad when he was dying one day, she said, dad, I don't want you to come and freak me out. And here he is telling you that the dog, he can see the dog and he's standing beside my dog. And my dog is right here standing beside me, looking straight at me. And you're telling me that my dog is, 
my dad is beside the dog. So that means my dad is standing right in front of me as you're talking to me. But he's doing it in such a way that she has no fear. She feels safe. And so I said to her, why does it make you feel safe? And she goes, because you're seeing it, not me. And you're describing it and telling me, and I can affirm it. Mm -hmm. I can affirm my dog is here, but I can't see my dad. So I'm not screaming and I'm not freaking out. But it's okay for me to know you can see it and affirm all of it for me. So she enjoyed that. And I thought her dad did such a lovely job of proving it. Not so much like prove it like all I believe is science. Mm -hmm. But he did an awesome job of proving it. I just wanted to say, too, like, I think Amelia made a choice. As Mm. much as she might not think that's true, and yes, her dad did do a great job in facilitating that with you and the dog, Mm. she also made a split-second decision to decide, I can trust Karen, therefore I can trust um, my dad being in the room and that it's safe. But she could have very well had that split-second thought and been like, nope, I'm just going to scream. Nope, I'm just going to make it freaky anyway because that's what I've believed before. That was a choice point, mm-hmm. and she did make a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, I mean, and I think that's beautiful. I do too. Because she chooses her dad and love. She chooses her son and love and her grandfather. She chooses love. She chooses healing, reducing anxiety. And I'll say that the next choice point, maybe not the very next one, but another one that's going to come along is when she tells someone about her session. Mm. Because if she reacted this well with you in that moment, Mm. she can change the narrative if she wishes to. She can retell what happened in her session Mm. and act freaked out and describe it with freaked out words. And And there again, you make a different choice to feel something about your experience. I think some people do that, especially when they want to tell somebody or a group of people where it becomes a story they get to be the center of attention for. That's my point. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, perhaps without obvious intention, they got the laugh or they got the, the thrill that they wanted from the storytelling, but then they don't feel like the experience is accessible again. Right. Because of how they've spun the narrative themselves. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've muddied it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I felt compelled to say that today. That's a good, it's a great point. Thanks. Then at this point, Kelly, everything changed. And um, he told me that he had cancer. He told me that it was in the brain. Then he just started going through like things a little bit matter of fact. You know, when they want to give their points. And he goes, it's brain cancer. Um... What else did he say? Uh, That it did not affect his eyes, Hmm. that um, it threw him off balance. And then I got hot and cold, hot and cold. So I'm sitting there going, okay. So I started writing out all these notes. And I'm writing out off balance, not affecting the eyes, brain cancer, um, hot and cold. And then I had burning sensations. And I started looking at my hand. And I started going like this, and I said, I'm getting a burning sensation. And she went, that's correct. And I said, oh, I said, and I have burning in my feet, or in in my legs. I said, I have a burning sensation in my legs. And she goes, and I said, and it comes and goes. And I said, and it's not just burning, it's painful. And And I'm trying to describe that because you and I have to be careful, or not careful, accurate, with the synesthesia in trying to describe levels of pain, and types of pain, 
types of discomfort. Because it's so unique to each person, right? And sensations change. You can hold your hand over heat and mm-hmm. feel heat. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's a very big difference from just feeling heat to feeling something searing where it, mm-hmm. it's starting surface and then it feels like an internal pain. Mm-hmm. So she affirmed that. She, uh, um, Amelia said that her dad had brain cancer, that that was correct. It did not affect his vision. It did not affect his eyes, that she had any evidence to be able to say that it didn't. So she validated that one. She did validate hot and cold um, sensations. And we had a laugh because I said to her, Jesus reminds me of menopause. I said, it's like your dad goes through cancer, but experiences in some ways what women go through in menopause symptoms with the hot and cold, the burning, like just different sensations. Is that what comes with chemo and radiation? I don't know because I haven't been through it, but I think so in what he went through. And again, I don't know if that's all people that go through chemo and radiation or if some people get through it and they have different medications that combat some of that side effects. I'm not, I'm not certain how to answer it. I know for him that he had the burning sensation in his palm And I wrote down right, because it was my right palm uh, and legs. So that's another thing with synesthesia, is that it can be right or left, as you know, and that we try to make it as accurate as possible. And I write it all down on the page, and we say it to people, so that, yeah, I'm okay getting the fact that I might have the burning sensation in my hand, and I say right, and she might come back and say left. She might go, you know what, I asked around and you got that wrong. It was a burning sensation. It was in left. I'm okay being corrected. But I'm also okay then because it gives me the validation that I actually did get the feeling. And I want to know the percentage of accuracy with left and right. Am I good at that? Or should I just say pain in my palms? Right? So she affirmed the pain in the palm and the... Uh, burning sensation in the legs. As I'm talking to her, I start leaning to one side in the chair. And I said to her, I'm leaning to one side in my chair, and I don't normally do that. And she goes, no, that makes sense to me. My dad would lean to one side. and, um, And I said, I'm not certain if it's like to relieve pain in one area or what the situation is. So again, I'm trying to say, that you and I with the synesthesia will say what we do get, but we'll also say what what we don't understand. We may not get all of the pieces of why we're doing something, but it occurs in our body. So I'm leaning to one side and tell her that. Amelia affirms that her dad has spinal stenosis and that he would lean to one side in his chair to alleviate pain in one of his hips. Mm. So it made sense that I'm sitting there talking to her, and as I'm in her dad's body, or he's in my body, pardon me, I guess both, that I'm leaning to one side in the chair. Then her dad says to me, I want, I want to give her validations that I'm going to be around her, and I'm going to pick crows. And I told her that, and she just started laughing. She goes, of course, he'd pick freaking crows. And I said, oh, but he also picks coins in case you don't like the crows. And she goes, oh, I get this. I get it. She hates birds. They freak her out. So she doesn't want to have birds come around her, fly close to her. I don't mean 
that she doesn't like birds in general and that she can't enjoy them outside. She just didn't want them to be signs because she thought maybe that the signs might mean that they come closer. Oh, I would never assume that. Well, I want to be careful. I don't think she really meant that she hates all birds, but she's got a fear of birds in some regard, but not crows. Oh. She's good with crows. Oh, that's odd. But it it is what it is. And so her dad has picked the one bird that she's not intimidated by or doesn't want to get a sign from. And I think this is neat because this doesn't happen in all sessions. He's very sly. Like, I'm not allowed to show up. I'll show up next to the dog. She doesn't like birds, but she likes crows. Like, I just, he's just towing the line. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I was so enthralled with the way that he did everything, the way he worded things. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I thought this was such a gorgeous. Well, and it's what you have to do is tow the line before it opens up to an, pardon me, before it opens us up to more possibilities, to more beliefs. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're gold. Oh, thank you. Oh, I just think what the, the, how you contribute and what you say and what you teach is gold. Thank you. You're welcome. Then he says to me, I want to say that I'm so proud of Amelia. She individuated from me. Mm. And I didn't make it easy on her to individuate. As, an, as a teenager, she stood her ground. She argued with me. She said what she thought, and I gave her a hard time over that. And he talked to her about being sorry that he didn't treat her mother well. And I said, first wife. And she goes, that's correct. My, father's, my father remarried before he passed. So again, he's giving her more specific validations, which I call hard facts, to go with what I refer to as the soft, fa- soft information, which is stuff like I love you or you individuated where you can't really prove that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he simply says to her quite beautifully, you individuated and you, you, you struggled against me. I didn't treat your mother well. I wasn't kind to her. If I could apologize to her on earth right now, I would. I wish I could. And it's important for my daughter to hear from her own father's mouth via Karen, that I am sorry for the way I treated her mother. And I'm very happy that Amelia would not allow another man to treat her the way that I treated her mother. So you're hearing that Amelia has really watched, observed, and learned, and that she's applying. Mm -hmm. And he's coming through to say, you are very different from me. And that is the reason I love you. Hmm. And I think that's also worthy of hearing because so many parents only love the child that is just like them. But do they really? Well, I'm going to say that they do. That's called narcissism. Some parents really do. Some people don't. I get your point. But they favor them. Mm -hmm. So they may not actually love them because they're not capable, but they will, sh- they will f- I'll call it favor. How's that? 
Mm-hmm. Is that a good way to word it? Can I bring some humor in for a second? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm currently obsessed with Superstore. And this isn't going to like spoil much, but there's a moment where like Dina picks on Sandra all the time, okay, as these two characters. And it's just, it's well known, it's accepted amongst the workplace that Sandra gets picked on by Dina. And in this Mm. vulnerable moment, Dina is hanging from these like bungee cords. She's been totally abandoned. And Sandra walks by and she's like, oh my God, Sandra, Sandra, like come help me. And Sandra looks at her and is like, hmm, and walks away. And Dina yells, oh my God, are you kidding me? I respect you as much as I hate you right now. And it was just whoever wrote that line. Yeah. It was so brilliant because they were illustrating mm-hmm. that, in fact, I love and respect the boundary. Yeah. I have to say or pretend or act like I hate you. Yeah. Because if I respect the boundary fully or, you know, in, in alignment with it, then I really have to change. But I, I just thought, wow, what a truth bomb. That was so well done. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, we, well, we did a show on that. Every patron is going to remember on patreon.com in um, our narcissism shows. Actually, the the one on cognitive dissonance went out to the public. Did it? Yeah. So they can go into the archives if they're (gasps) like, what is this? Oh, I love that. They can just go on to bystarlo.com or podcast platform. Wonderful. So then he says to me, "Um, sick brain, cancer brain. Hmm. And I'm like, what? And I said, what do you mean? And so I said to Amelia, I need a minute. I don't understand what your dad's doing. Just give me a sec. And he goes, I had sick brain and I had cancer brain. And I said, what's the difference? Because I really am thinking, isn't a cancer brain a sick brain? I didn't understand it. And he goes, let me explain. I had what I'm going to call sick brain, meaning that before I got cancer, my brain was already sick because I had anxiety and depression. Mm. He said, I already because of those, the way I was living with anxiety and depression all the time, he said, I didn't want her to individuate. My anxiety would get revved up if she was individuating and, and showing separation or independence or her own thinking. So I'm going to refer to that as that that was my sick brain in those days. Ooh, I, heard every, I hope every parent's brain just like is percolating with ideas and yeah. wanting or desiring health. Yeah. And he goes so... I wasn't really in a place of where I would be healthy to assess her independence and her individuating. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah, and I think if you're not in the right place today, that might really Mm -hmm. ruffle some feathers to think that that would be considered a sick brain. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really well said. Yeah, because he's referring to the fact that there's a difference between that and not being in anxiety and depression and having the ability to have the strong, healthy, and consistently strong and healthy thoughts and ability to problem solve, to allow your child to individuate from you, which she's really done. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to come in now and say, okay, I get it. I'm dead. I'm dead dad. And dead dad can look back and go, okay, I had cancer brain. I understand that. I understand that because that's cancer in there. I get that. Then he goes back prior and he looks at what his brain was doing before and he can see as an adult that his brain is still sick. 
it still isn't functioning completely in healthy mode. And so he decides to come up with this term that it's what he's going to call sick brain. So that he can then say to his daughter, okay, and before the anxiety and the depression, I had a healthier brain. But once it started going down the path of all the anxiety and depression, he doesn't get help. He doesn't do something to say, I want to go back. I want my healthy brain back. He just, I don't believe in therapy. And he makes these decisions. I don't care what sentences you say to yourself to say it's okay to stay in sick brain. But he learns as dead dad and only as dead dad that there was a day that he made that decision. I have a choice to go get help and get back to healthy brain or not. Not to mention you make it one day and then you make it every other day following that. Exactly. Every day of your life. And you, and I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to make that choice every day because it means that you're present. It means you are engaged in your life. You want to connect to yourself. You want to connect to the people in front of you that you said, I love you till death do us part. And I love you because I birthed you. Well, I'm not saying he's saying he birthed her, but he's part of birthing a child. Mm-hmm. So you're saying every single day, yes, I birthed you and I, I showed up that day, but I'm going to show up every day after. And then he says, and Karen, Amelia is the person that penetrated the sick brain. So while my wife was standing there trying to say, you have a sick brain, you need help. Are you going to get help? Blah, 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 blah. Tune out. But Amelia would come in and say, dad. And he would be like, yes. And he'd pay attention to her. So she was the one that could actually get through to him. So he says, for some reason, Karen, when Amelia approaches me, she can penetrate the fog that I'm in, the illness of the sick brain. And he says, and I want to point out to her that she was that person that did that for me. And that's not to say that's a good thing, but he's trying to point it out so that she understands that. Well, I don't fully understand that just yet because you're talking about him making it very difficult for her to individuate. So um, are we missing a piece in yes. the story? I'm just going to say that, uh, I, I, yes, thank you for clarifying. I think the point that I forgot to say in there is that she's the one that can penetrate that as she ages. So does he ever end up getting help? Not fully. No, no I'm going to say no. So what's the penetration? That he at least listens to her that he at least treats her differently than he treats her mother. Okay. So there's a difference. So he's trying to explain the difference in how he treats them. Interesting. Then he wants to say to, her, to Amelia that he acknowledges that in order for her to see all of those things in him, to be able to see that he treats her mom differently than he treats her, to be able to see all of this and to individuate herself, to be able to fight against the resistance that he offers when she's a teenager that he then comes in to say to her, I want to acknowledge that you individuated, that you became your own person, and that I'm glad that you did. And I thank you for doing that. I think that's a key thing, because I would imagine that all of those years she never heard thank you or an acknowledgement for the things that she was going through. Mm-hmm. So now you're hearing 
that there are different kinds of dads. There is a dad here on earth through her, through her high school years. There's a different kind of a dad, again, as she's an adult and goes off and has a child, loses her child, all of these different things, right? And he, he says, then there's also sick brain dad and cancer brain dad. He says, I just want to acknowledge that she grieves different dads and that there will be moments, days, weeks, I don't know what the term is, or the time frame rather, where she will have certain memories of me and she will grieve that dad. Then she will go into a different time frame near the end when he's dying and there's more conversation and working through all of these things that she grieves a different dad that got it. Mm -hmm. So he said, I just want to point out that there's different kinds of grief and that that changes and I know that. So she could have times where she's sad and she misses him because this was the funny person. This was the one that got things or that appreciated, that came in and apologized. And now he's bringing in third dad, who is dead dad, who's now coming in and saying, honey, I see all of it. Mm-hmm. Now I understand the whole big picture of everything. And I'm coming in to say that I'm sorry about a number of things. So there are these different aspects of her dad to grieve. And I thought that was also a good point to bring up today in a podcast, because I think a lot of people will resonate with that and identify with the fact that, yeah, and that explains why sometimes I cry when I think of someone who's crossed over. Another day, I don't want to fucking talk to them. Don't come near me. Mm-hmm. I'm so angry with you. I don't even want to. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done with you. I ghosted you. I went no contact. Just don't even come around me. And then on another day, your partner's like, why are you crying? Why are you melting down? I miss my dad. But you miss a different version of your dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I, I think g- many people do that before the person's even dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I got chest pain. And it was interesting because... I think I got the chest pain on the right, and then it went over to the left, and the guides went, that's okay, that's because you're a woman. And I went, what? And they said, well, women can have heart attacks and have chest issues and feel the pain on the right side first, but it's actually your heart. So I I told Amelia that. I said, I have chest pain. And I said, but I I questioned it at first because it was right-sided, but the guides are telling me it's actually heart issues. So did he have a heart issue? And she said, yes, my dad had a heart issue. So that was cool for me because I don't remember in other sessions getting it consistently on the right first. I think sometimes I did just get it on the left-hand side and said, oh, that's my heart. So it was a little bit different and I had to pause and let the guides explain it to me this time. And I was really grateful to Amelia that she that she gave that affirmation because and I know some of our listeners, you know, this might be sounding like a broken record, but some people will withhold information that is accurate. Just and, and I don't, I can't even guess the reasons why they do it, but Let's they just do. Say for fun, sure, for meanness. But I'm, but she beautifully validated freely and willingly everything that I offered, and even when I couldn't understand something. She just, she just fit everything right in. That's great. So he ended the session by saying, tell Amelia that I'm happy. Tell her that I am with my parents and my grandson. And I, I just, that fills my heart. I want her to know that I love her, 
that I'm around her. And I think I've proved all of those things in this time with you. And he said, Karen, I want to thank you. He says, and I want you to tell Amelia that I'm thanking you because you have given me a voice. You have given me my voice. You're literally saying everything that I want to say to my daughter word for word. And he said, both you and Kelly work so hard at saying things accurately. And if you think you're wrong, you'll sit back, you'll take your pause, and you'll try and reword things. So I want to thank you. So he did. He thanked me, and I passed that along to Amelia that he was saying that, that it gave him an opportunity to speak to her again, and that he was he was really content and very joyful with where he is now. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, and that he was reviewing his life, and that the reviewing of his life was something that was bringing him peace and giving him answers and allowing him to see things. And I think about that because if you have a sick brain and then you have a cancer brain, and that's been for a huge part of Amelia's life, then there is another dad there to know, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he showed up for that. And I think by showing up for that is the proof to say to Amelia that he loves her. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a nice little bow. Yeah. That's nice. I'm so glad sometimes, Kelly, I'm so relieved because I don't know where if it's a bow or if it's not, or if it's opening a can of worms to another thought. And I've said to you at the end of shows, well, that was unsatisfying. (laughs) So I'm sitting here going, oh, good. We got a bow this time. (laughs) It's just like going through a magician's sack. Yeah. Okay. And and I hope that Anybody listening to this that's still listening to the podcast at this point is hearing how hard you and I work, mm-hmm. how hard her dad worked, how hard her son did. Um, and her. And absolutely, mm-hmm. how hard she worked. And she was prepared. She called because she wanted these messages. Yep. So many clients call and book the appointment. Well, and I had a client yesterday do it. I, she just called. Let's see if you're any good. Let's you know, see how good you are. I'll, I'll put this out there. Every single client who works hard, I, I take a moment out of the end of every session to say, thank you for working so hard. Mm. I'm saying that as a human. Mm-hmm. I want you to know I appreciate that. And I even say to them, I don't get to thank every client. So yeah. I'm taking the time to say it to you. <laughs> so if you're listening and you're booking a session and you don't get thanked, sit back and fucking reflect. <laughs> there goes the bow to the end of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> true i i um i appreciate how you can verbalize because sometimes i feel when i'm trying to explain how abusive clients are to us that i feel like my rage really comes through because it's so often it's not oh. a once in a while situation and i know that you've said to me many times over a bowl of soup at lunch <laughs> or or dinner that I seem to get a lot more of those people that are yeah. um, mean. I'll just call them the mean, the mean people than you do. And I'm so glad that you don't get as many. Um, but I'm grateful for the way that you word it so that people can identify their own behavior. I get the Facebook reviews. Oh, that's true. Oh, I get you, them too. But yeah, I do. Okay, I get them. I get the one saying oh, I'm uh, threatening. I'm going to write you up on oh, no. Google. Threatening 
And actually doing it are two different things. Oh, no, I've had them written up. Well, you know what? And and I said to you, too, like, you may just get more to your face. I might get the people that refuse to be mean to me in the Mm. session and do it behind my back and whatever. It is what it is. Um, Yeah. I still think it's appropriate to express rage in appropriate situations. Mm-hmm. And and I, and hopefully when people are listening to this, it's somewhat cathartic for people to go, mm. oh, yeah, I'm allowed to feel that. Oh, yeah, I'm allowed to vocalize yeah. that. You know, and, and we're still trying to illustrate, yeah, we're still energy healers. Yeah, we still love people as, yeah. as a general concept. <laughs> was that too diplomatic? Um, that was really funny. I do, you know, and it's it's an interesting thing to mm-hmm. to try and put into words is that for for the most part in my human life, I don't want to be around people. I love people and I love this experience that we're that we're trying to figure out, but mm. at the same time, I'm disgusted by them. Mhm. Yeah, it's fair. It, it's a very complex thing to be a human and mm-hmm. and to keep desiring to be one. Mm-hmm. So, I you know, I think it's okay to and, and necessary to express rage at the things yeah. that we're not doing well. Right. Well, yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that I've unraveled that bow and given you an existential crisis, <laughs> if you have questions for us or comments, you can email us at info at com. We have a new show out every Saturday morning. We also have our Patreon account if you're wanting to check into that to get your tools for emotional intelligence. Um, we always welcome you to join us. If you have the time today, we always welcome you to uh, like and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform as well as YouTube. This just helps us get a further reach as we put more content out. So if you're feeling like you're growing with us and that spread will help the people in your inner circle and so on, thank you for doing your part in making this world a better place. Have a great weekend.